1: Yes, time to talk women's football with Alicia Carnavas. Evening, Alicia. 100 days to go to the Women's World Cup. Final batch of tickets on sale today. Are you excited?
0: Hi, guys. How are you? Um, good, look, good. First time I've really felt it was today. That sort of 100 days makes it really real all Mm. of a sudden it's happening we're on a countdown I think everyone's sort of excited all the capitals you could see uh, functions and announcements happening all around Australia so it's here it's on its way and and we've got a lot of international football happening at the moment as well which is sort of adding to the excitement so I'm excited. And gonna
1: we're going to talk, yeah, talk about that international football in a moment. Uh, 650,000 tickets sold. Uh, the opening game against Ireland close to a sellout at Stadium Australia. And FA reporting today, this is a bit of a surprise to me, actually, that they're uh, preparing a bid for the Women's Asian Cup in 2026.
0: Yeah, look, it is a bit of a surprise, but it makes sense. I think if they're anticipating a bit of growth off the back of the World Cup and and if we think about that being, I guess, leading into 2024, they can keep that momentum going with women's football into Mm. 2026 and keep the hype going as well. So I think it's quite a smart move from Football Australia. I have heard rumours that Saudi are also bidding for Mm -hmm. the Asian Cup 2026. So that'll be an interesting um, discussion and, I guess, contender for for Australia with everything that FIFA are doing in and around the Middle East at the moment as well. But um, um, great if, if they can secure it and keep building.
1: Yeah, let's uh, hope they build a stadium in Brisbane as well. That'd be nice too, on the <laughs> back of that. Go on, Broski. Had uh, together, dig you in. did You <laughs> did,
2: you <laughs> did. Alicia, just looking at the Matildas, um, they fell to a, a 1-0 defeat at, against Scotland. Um, I mean, even though they were without Sam Kerr a few other senior stars, it, it was still a, a disappointing performance. You, what did you take from that game?
0: Yeah, look, I think the expectation now with where the Matildas are is that we would beat teams like Scotland regardless of not having our main our main stars sort of in the mix, people like Sam Kerr and even Steph Catley, for example, not being there and Caitlin Ford. So I think that was disappointing. But full credit to the Scots. The way they came out against the Matildas was sensational. They were really, really physical. They were quick on the attack. They pressed quite high as well, which I think caught us off guard quite a bit, particularly in that first half. So I think Tony is right in his assessment and going, well, look, it's a learning curve, albeit a very late one. Um, But look, disappointing uh, for Australian football fans all the same. We want to start to see that momentum uh, now with wins coming into the World Cup for the confidence as well for the team.
1: We'll uh, talk about the England game in a moment. Uh, Positives from that game, obviously the return of uh, Ellie Carpenter and uh, her combination with Courtney Vine down the right-hand side. She's blossoming into a a fine international player.
0: Yeah, she really is and I really applaud her for still staying in our league here at home in the A-League and then being able to continue I guess her performance on the international stage. It's sort of is one of those beacons for the A-League, to be fair, Courtney Vine. She's been fantastic. But I'm excited to see that combination with Ellie. Um, obviously, having Ellie back is just an asset um, to the team. We can speak forever about Ellie and what she brings to the team, particularly down that right flank. But um, it, it brings a bit of security, I think, for Courtney as well to play her natural game when she when she goes forward with someone like Ellie in behind her. So that combination, I'm excited to see what comes of that in the next few months and, and years as well.
2: So with the England match uh, coming up in the morning, uh, I mean, they're 30 matches unbeaten at the moment. Tony Gustafsson said he's, he's going to be without eight to 10 players for this one, but he wants to attack. Is that realistic or, or how do you think he should be approaching this game?
0: Yeah, look, uh, eight to 10 players as a starting lineup, right? That's, mm. that's a substantial amount of players that, that he's missing. Um, I applaud the intent. I guess that he still wants to attack, but against a team like England, what are they? Thirty matches now yeah, unbeaten yeah. that they they're coming into. Um, they've just come off the back of forget the Euros. They've just beaten Brazil, right, just last weekend. So that for them, their tails are up. They're wagging. They're they're ready to go. So um, I think look, we need a win. We need a draw at minimum or a win I think the Matildas will be looking for that particularly against a strong team like England in reality I expect England to be in the top four come the World Cup so this is a real I think measuring I guess margin for us as to where we sit coming into July as well so tomorrow's match is important um depleted yes but I think all the same we need to put some confidence into to that next string of players and see what they can do against England
1: Alicia, just on what you've said, in general terms, are you a little bit concerned that the Matildas are heavily reliant on those experienced players? And if they are missing for whatever reason, obviously there's question marks over Alana Kennedy. Hopefully Sam Kerr will be okay come the World Cup. But if one or two others are missing, then does that present a big problem?
0: Yeah, I've, I've probably been quite vocal about this as well. Um, definitely that's always been a concern of mine that we've been so heavily reliant on essentially the same 11 for a very long time. Um, the concern I sort of voiced last year was what happens if some of these players get injured, touch wood, um, and we're starting to see it now probably at not the best time, obviously, coming into a World Cup. Um, So what it's done is, I guess, it's left a bit of a void. Um, I I would have liked to see Alex Chidiak getting more game time, for example, last year. Uh, Claire Wheeler is another player. Mary Fowler, just to give her that confidence as well. She's just not quite there in terms of her her finish at the moment, and that's a confidence thing. Um, There are players now that will have to step up uh, to fill the void of Caitlin Ford. For example, that's huge to mm. do right now um, for these players, and of course they've they've built this team around essentially um, Kennedy, Catley, Kerr and, and Ford. That's been the structure of that team, and all four of those players are missing um, in huge vital roles with how the Matildas play. So it is concerning for me, but fingers and toes crossed that all of those four players, in particular, are good to go. Good to go come July because that's that's the crunch,
1: really, is the World Cup. Mm. Uh, and it will kick off against Ireland, of course, who uh, played a friendly themselves. They were beaten by another of the favourites, the USA, in a friendly by two goals to nil. But uh, uh, a bit of a blow for the Americans. Their key striker, Mallory Swanson, who's been in great form of late, uh, was carted off with a knee injury and uh, went straight to hospital. Is she in doubt for the, for the Women's World Cup?
0: Yeah, look, I'd say so, and that's a real blow for for the U.S. I always say, like um, at the moment, the U.S. have been quite under the radar um, from from my angle, but the U.S.A. As in terms of women's football have always been a beacon uh, for our game. So for them to lose their key striker at this time, and if she's going straight to hospital, yeah, I'd be concerned that she's she's going to miss. Uh, you know, 100 days to go, as we're saying. Mm. Break that down, that's, what, three months to be finding fit and ready to go. So um, unless it's something minor surgically, if that's where it ends up, I'd, I'd say she'd be struggling at this point to to make the World Cup, which is disappointing.
2: It would be. Uh, looking ahead to, uh, to the Liberty A-League finals, which start uh, this weekend after the weekend off, there's a big one on Saturday with the Melbourne derby between City and Victory. Uh, this normally is the time that Victory come alive, isn't it, as they uh, bid to win an incredible three in a row
0: yeah I always say uh, Melbourne victory tend to thrive in in these environments men and women they're, they're very very good when it comes to finals football um Jeff Hopkins obviously is coach he's he's got that experience and they'll be looking to get what is it third in a row for Melbourne victory yep. the three pete mm-hmm. if they can they can win it um, I saw Kayla Morrison really really encouraging fans to come out as well and supporting the players um, in in both matches which I think is really important so hopefully we see a bit of an influx in attendance as well for people to actually come down and watch but uh, my pick would be victory definitely to win this weekend.
1: Uh, and what about the other semi Alicia? Sydney FC and Western United they finished one and two uh, they won one each in the regular season, who's going to win that one?
0: I'm sorry Broski, I'm still backing <laughs> Western
2: I <laughs> thought after a week she might have changed uh, mind. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, no, I just, um, oh, look, I've just got a feeling, a little hunch, maiden season, fairy tale, make the final. I've got a feeling about Westerns, so
1: well, we'll see. An all-Melbourne final then.
0: <laughs> In Sydney.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, which is where you are, but you need to get on a plane, so we're going to let you go, uh, Alicia. Um, thanks for joining us, and we'll speak to you next week.
2: See you, Alicia.
0: Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot.